everybody, and welcome to episode 74 of Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay. And of course, as always, Randy Cash is joining me, but he is there through computer land. Hey. Hey. How's it going over there? Fantastic. How are you this very fine day? (laughs) I'm doing good. I feel like I've been living in Randy Cash world. I was having to channel my inner Randy Cash over the weekend so I could paint effectively at the new place. I think I did a pretty good job. I think you'd be proud. Welcome to my world, sister. (laughs) I'm literally bruised all over my body and I don't know how I got any of them. So it's a fun game. Yeah, I live it every day. You get used to it, though. You know, the more the more that you put in, the better you get at it. The more productive you become, and yeah, it's a process. Well, I'm hoping, like as I not as I like check things off the list, I won't have to repeat it. But I'm, you know, I'm in it for the long haul at this point. But yeah, I, I do appreciate all of the teachings that you've given me over the years. I was joking on my Instagram stories when we were painting that. When I went to work with you for that that few month period when I was trying to pay some bills, like what was that, six, seven years ago, I um, I learned some stuff. So I'm not having to like dig in and, and pull it out. It's like riding a bike, you know, but yeah. And you get a workout, too. So you got to look at it that way. Exactly. <laughs> that is definitely true. OK, enough about the painting. Let's jump on in to this week's discussion on money boundaries. And we talked about material boundaries last week, but it's important to look at money from a multitude of angles, which is the reason I tend to see it as a separate category when setting boundaries. Sometimes you'll read people talking about money and material together. There's no right or wrong way to think of it, but I feel like money is a very loaded topic and it doesn't have to be, but inevitably it it tends to be. And not only from an individual perspective, but when we talk about money and family or money and friends or money in your relationship, money can be a tricky subject to talk about without getting a lot of emotional upheaval in the process. Money is the root of all evil, as they say. Well, okay, so let's let's break that down, right? Because... I believe, this is this is Lindsay theory for you, that money is intended to be a tool that allows us to purchase things that we want and need depending on the circumstances of our life. Now, I realize that it's easy to say that very generally in that, in that kind of context. And this is not to say that everyone has the same amount of money and that there is an equal distribution of wealth or that it's fair that some people have more than others and vice versa. I'm not making a judgment on that. But I would encourage you to think about what are your money stories? What are the things that you believe about money? What are the things that you feel when you think about it? How do you treat it? Do you treat it as a tool? Do you treat it as a weapon? Do you treat it as some form of control or a mechanism that you really hate? Is it something that you know is a necessary evil? Kind of like what you said, Randy, is, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at it. And at least based on the society we find ourselves in, it's not going anywhere. Either having it, pursuing it, wanting it, needing it, all of that is not really going anywhere. And so I think it's important to learn how to treat it and to talk about it and to not let it have power over you. And that's tricky. It really is. And this is how setting money boundaries can be even trickier. I'll tell you this about money. I like it. (laughs) I don't have enough of it. I'd like some more of it, mm-hmm. but I don't think money's bad. It's greed that's bad, you know? 
There you go. It's what you attach to it. It's, you know, how do you use it? If it is a tool, what are you using that tool for, you know? And I think there's a lot of us that grow up in situations where maybe we remember, you know, mom and dad or mom and grandma or mom and grandpa or aunt and uncle, whoever raised us, you know, sitting there stressing about money. And we develop a certain, you know, relationship with money in those moments where we find ourselves, you know, maybe feeling like, oh, we don't have enough money. Maybe I shouldn't eat dinner tomorrow. Or, you know, maybe I should get a side job and help pay the bills and not really having a concept of what that means as kids but still developing some intense stories around money and how it's treated and what it is and how, you know, how we should pursue it and all of those things. So if you fast forward to, let's say you grew up that way, and now you're in a relationship with a partner that grew up very differently than you, it is very possible that you're not going to see eye to eye on money from the get-go. There's going to have to be some negotiation of how you're going to treat money as a couple. And so some of the, the more important money boundaries or the most important money boundaries that start to emerge, especially in the therapy and coaching work that I do with relationships and with couples is how are we going to treat money? I will often tell people there's basically three areas that we've got to figure out when a relationship is, you know, struggling. We have to look at what is the sex life going to be, you know, right? I'm a sex therapist. That part kind of feels like it would fit in there. What is our home life, our division of labor? Are we going to have kids? Are we not? Those kinds of things. That's one area. And then money and how we treat money is the third. If we can get those three things in line, we're going to have a really good shot at a successful relationship. But if we're struggling in one of those areas, we may have to do some work. Money tends to be one of the hardest ones to, you know, figure out some shared ground or some middle ground with each other, especially if we grow up in very different ways. Or maybe there is a disparity and one partner makes a lot more money than the other. This is where it becomes a slippery slope, like, Does someone feel inferior? Does someone feel like money is being used as a weapon? Does someone feel like now they can use money as a weapon? You know, I've literally had people say things to me like, well, I make the money. I get to determine how it's spent. Okay, well, maybe when you're by yourself, that's how that works. But when you're sharing your life with someone, building a family, building a life, whatever it is, it may not be that simple anymore. You may not be able to just say, well, I want to go spend $6,000 on a new motorcycle or whatever. And so I did. That That's likely to bring up some stuff and, and potentially have some conflict in your relationship. So it's not saying that this means you should never spend money or that you shouldn't feel like, wow, I work really hard. I, sh- I should get to enjoy some fruits of that labor. But you've got to make sure that you're checking in with your partner. Sometimes I'll have couples set up like a threshold, you know, and it's different for different couples depending on their income level. But we'll look at it and we'll say, OK, so if a purchase is going to be greater than $100 or $250 or $500 or whatever that mark is, You can't just do it without asking the other. You got to have a conversation. You've got to come back to that communication thing that I talk about over and over and over again to make sure you're both in agreement that right now is the time to spend that $250 or whatever it may be. That's funny because I was just writing down on my little note sheet, income inequality within a relationship. And you went into that. Yeah, because it's like you always say, you got to be on the same page because regardless of how much money each of you make or more importantly, I think, because we're not really taught how to manage money in society. You know, I personally 
am not very responsible with money, but at least I know this now. So when I get into a relationship with someone, I, I'm, I'm right up front, like my, where I'm at now with, with someone mm-hmm. immediately like, dude, I'm terrible with money. You need to know that. I mean, I get by and everything, but yeah. I'm very impulsive and I will spend impulsively. So, but at least I know this about myself. So you got to be on the same page with that kind of stuff, you know? Absolutely. Yes. And that that money inequality, it comes up quite a bit. And I I don't think, again, you know, going back to those four agreements that we've talked about before, I don't think anyone has, you know, they don't wake up in the morning and go, hmm, how can I be difficult today? How can I make someone else's life miserable? Like, that's not the way anybody wakes up in the morning. And so to recognize that even with the best of intentions, because of all of the potentially toxic elements that money can be kind of tapped into when discussing money as a couple, you've just got to be able to set boundaries. And if if one of you doesn't understand where the other one is coming from, this is where that whole empathy thing comes into play. Are you able to understand where your partner comes from? Maybe you are not intending to seem like you're using money as a mechanism of control, but they're taking it that way. That's going to be an important thing to unpack and talk about. Okay, this is what I'm intending. How are you taking it? Oh, okay. You're taking it that way. Is there a different way I can say it to you or explain it to you or just offer you some insight into what I'm thinking? Maybe there's a preemptive way that I can say, hey, I'm about to, you know, talk about something money related is now a good time rather than just springing it on you. And this is all I mean about setting money boundaries. And that's just from the relationship perspective. We also have to think about the fact that we set money boundaries with friends, family, our places of business, where we work, even negotiating rates for things. I was um, earlier this week, I was going through and shredding old client files. I have to legally keep therapy files for seven years after the last time I saw someone. And I was going through and shredding all files in preparation for moving. And it was such a walk down memory lane. But I was also really struck by the fact that up until this past year, I had not raised my rates in almost seven years. And, you know, getting to see the trail and like the evidence of that was really interesting. And I'll throw myself under the bus. When I was a brand new therapist, I think my fee was like $50 an hour right after I graduated. And I would get on the phone with a potential client and they would just ask the question, hey, what do you charge? I would hear that as such a loaded question that this is what I would say. Well, my rate is 50, but I would be willing to negotiate a lower rate with you if that would be more convenient. Who in their right mind isn't going to take me up on that offer? Who's going to say to me, no, 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 I'll pay your full rate when you're offering to give me a discount. And that for me was part of my money story. I had to figure out that it was okay for me to charge a fee for my service. And it was okay for me to say, this is my fee. If someone couldn't pay that fee, that would then be on them to say, wow, that is out of my price range. Is there anything you can do to work with me? Rather than me just discounting myself from the get-go. Yeah, I've been down that road before too. Uh, yeah, it's all confidence, you know. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it, I do feel that sometimes, like, man, okay, I'll budge. But yep. then I, I, I hit a point a few years ago, like, no, this is my price, and this is what it costs. Yeah. And if not, man, sorry. Check it yeah, out. Yeah, I, you know, I, um, and and I did. I, I hit that point where I was like, you know, I did some coaching of my own, and I remember thinking, well, wait a minute, if I'm spending money on a coach, and I'm, you know, I'm paying this amount of dollars, 
shouldn't I be able to command the same thing? Because nobody's offering me a discount. Like, is it okay to do this? And so I had to kind of rework my own money story and recognize too that, you know, I, I haven't raised rates in a really long time. And it's not like I went to some astronomical fee, but it, it is interesting how, you know, the, those stories exist. I know we're going to have to wrap up in a minute, but I feel like it's important to say also that when setting money boundaries with family and friends, it can also be very tricky. Sometimes what will happen is that really good natured people have a tendency to want to make sure all of the people in their lives are taken care of. And there's nothing wrong with that unless it overextends you or someone that you're, quote, taking care of starts to expect you to pay their bills and yours or is always hitting you up for money over and over and over and over again with either not expressing gratitude or not changing something that they should be changing in order to change their own money situation or you've given it to them with the good faith that they're going to pay you back and they don't. How do you collect on it? And so this is a reason I think that people have that I won't do you know business with friends or family for that very reason that there's this this worry that you know maybe the money won't be treated fairly or appropriately. So this is where if you have gotten into the hook of just saying yes when someone asks you if they can have access to your finances, if you start saying no, it's likely to bristle some people, but you have to make sure you're not saying yes when you really don't want to. You are not obligated to give someone access to your money. You work really hard for your money. Maybe you were gifted all of your money. Maybe you worked not a day in your life for it. That still doesn't give someone else the right to have access to it. And if they get upset with you, when you set that boundary, it's not a reason you should say yes. And it's also not a reason for you to change the boundary if it doesn't feel authentic for you. Money's a difficult boundary to set with people, you know, because it's hard mm -hmm. to come by. You know, a lot of us are out there, you know, working our butts off to get what we can, you know, and yep. yeah, it's tough out there. So it can be a difficult subject, you know. It absolutely can be. And I, I feel like, you know, there's just so much more to say throughout the week. I've had some great discussions in my Instagram stories about money boundaries and I think we're going to have to revisit this topic again because it just it is so complex. But, you know, I, I hope that this gives everyone an idea of what it means to set money boundaries, how they can show up and how to start thinking through. Are you saying yes to things that you don't want to be? And if that is the case, that might be a good place to start when you're imagining what setting a boundary would look like in your life. Well, if you would allow me access to your finances or you just need to help collect some financial things you can follow me on the instagrams at our cash comedy oh thank you very much you're gonna add um what was that uh financial collector to your uh your list of things i also want to be clear that neither of us are financial advisors and i don't pretend to be one i'm not going to tell anybody what to do with their money i am just going to remind you that it's okay to set a boundary when you're deciding what you want to do with it just felt like i wanted to make that clear i am not at i'm not advertising services as a financial advisor that's not my that's not my whole thing if you do want to follow along with what i've got going on go to lindsaywalden.com you can read the blog i write on a weekly basis as well as find past episodes of the podcast you can also subscribe to Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay there on iTunes. We'd love to have you do that and keep listening. If you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at Lindsay Walden Consulting. Instagram and TikTok are at This Is Lindsay Walden. Pinterest is Therapy Thoughts or Lindsay Walden. And then on Clubhouse, it's at Lindsay.Walden. 
Until next time, I do hope you keep living your best life and building that relationship of your dreams. And we will be back next week with more.